I heard a, an old preacher say one time that if you were able to think then you're able to thank. One of the problems with us being able or being willing to be more thankful is that we just don't think enough. You think enough about what folk have done for you, then you probably would never stop thanking folk for how good they've been to you. I'm not just talking about the Lord, I'm talking about people around you who, who do so much for you, bless you, pray for you, support you in ways you don't know. I'm so grateful to be a part of a church congregation that is concerned about my welfare. concerned about what's going on with me in my life. They don't just give lip service to it, check on me. As the older folks say, they come see about me. That's important. Everybody's looking for some kind of relationship like that, and those relationships that God gives us, we take for granted. We take them for granted. We know that there are folk who love us and care about us. Just think about it. Just think about it. Just think about it. I love the relationships that my mother and my father have set in motion in their lifetime that still pay dividends in, even though they're gone to glory. It's set in motion. People to bless us after they were gone because they were good folk. Good keeps on going. And they take care of you. Yeah, I show up places and just completely unaware. Do what I'm gonna do there and somebody come up to me and say, man, I need to tell you this. That, uh, me and your daddy went to high school together. Yeah, I've been paying attention to you. I know what's happening with you around here. I know you this and that just a blessing folk to look out for you in ways that you don't even know about I wouldn't have even known this person had that connection how am I going to know who my dad went to high school with and yet there are blessings that come from that when you live your life such that your children can receive benefits from how you leave, leave your life Brittany tells me the story of her speeding getting pulled over by a state trooper. Uh, a driver's license was handed to him and the state trooper looked at it and said, your dad, Andre Spar. Yeah. Now, could have been the other way around. Could have said, your dad, Andre Spar, you definitely going to jail. Could have been the other way around could have been, you know, you could have no reputation to speak of or you don't get the benefit of the doubt. But when people give your name the benefit of the doubt, make me want to shout. Yeah, especially when you don't know what your name is worth. Make me want to shout. Yeah. I was born Andre Donnell Jones. That was my name when I was born. Andre Daniel Jones. Somebody had to care enough about me to put sparks at the end. Somebody gave me that name. Thought I was worth giving me that name. Why in the world would I want to mess up? Something somebody gave me. I didn't deserve it. Not respecting my relationship with him sometimes, he cared enough about me, either my mama or me, to give me that last name. Make me want to shout. Yeah. Think about it. 
Think about how to do this somebody then too. Think about it. I did something this week that I haven't done in 52 weeks this summer when I preached. I mean this year when I preached. And that is I forgot to put my sermon on the drive last night. I don't know why. I was distracted. When I don't put my sermon on the drive, they can't pull my sermon up in the back. Which means you don't have my PowerPoint. It's a good thing about not having a PowerPoint. That doesn't mean I don't have power. All right. <laughs> All right. Doesn't mean I don't have direction. Doesn't mean I don't have guidance. And so while you might be limited in your visual appreciation of this sermon, that's still a word from the Lord that I hope will be beneficial to you. There is a passage of scripture from Proverbs chapter 30. Verse 15, Proverbs 30 and 15. It's an unusual verse. But I believe it's a good one for us to end this year on as we prepare to start another calendar year, another calendar year. Not only are we turning the page on, that's right, not only are we turning the page on another calendar year, how about we're about to leave a decade, go into another decade, make me want to shout. Another one, another decade, the 2020s are on the horizon. Now, it's not guaranteed that we'll get there. Nobody's guaranteeing us to get the next three days. But if the Lord allows us to live the next three days, then we'll see not only a new year, we'll see a new decade. Now, I know that's a shouting thing because I was born in 64. If you go before 64, I'm sure you shouting too. Yeah, it might not mean as much if you were born in 2004. Uh, but when you go back 50 years, when you're black in Birmingham, Alabama, and you go back 50 years, it makes me want to shout. Yeah, when you do some of the stuff I've done in my life, whoo, it makes me want to shout. Proverbs 30 and 15. I'm going to read it out of the Message Bible. If you're in the King James Version or the NIV, it's probably going to read a little bit different. It's definitely going to read a little bit different. It may be a little hard to understand. <clears throat> it says, a leech has twin daughters named Gimme and Gimme More. A leech has twin daughters named Gimme and Gimme More. Continue, three things are never satisfied. And then the writer has a second thought, and he said, no, four things. That never say, that's enough, thank you. The first is hell. Hell. A barren womb. A parched land. And a forest fire. They never say, that's enough. Thank you. They just keep on. A leech has twin daughters named Gimme and Gimme More. I want you to concentrate on that for me just for a little bit while I talk to you about this central thought. Recharge your spiritual life. Recharge your spiritual life. Recharge your spiritual life. You'll get there. You'll get there. This is one of the problems of the church today. We want instant understanding of things that are deeper than the surface. We don't want to give enough time to study and see what people are talking about. We're studying the Bible that it, I mean, a, a book that is at best arcane, does not use the language that we use, does not have the cultural norms that we had, and yet there are deep, deep statements that come from these writers 
that can be beneficial to us. Let's see if we can find out what this writer is talking about. The writer of chapter 30 is a man named Agur ben Jakay. all right? It's a pseudonym, which means it's just another name for someone. Some people think it's a pseudonym for Solomon, who wrote most of the Proverbs. The last two chapters of Proverbs 30 and 31. See, you're familiar with 31. If I lay on 31 for a minute, you'll say, I already know that. If I say it in here, every woman in here going to raise her arm and say, I'm a Proverbs 31 woman. Right? Right? Because we know that. We talk about that one all the time. Every woman ain't no Proverbs 31 woman, though. I can tell you that right now. Being a Proverbs 31 woman is something else. Whole lot of folk claim it. But living a Proverbs 31 life is a completely different thing. But these two writers, Proverbs 31 was written by King Lemuel, which we know is a pseudonym for King Solomon. And it's really a letter or a statement that King Solomon said his mama told him. My mama said, I need to look for a woman like this. That's what Proverbs 31 is. But Proverbs 30 comes a little bit different. It's simply a collection. That's what Agur ben Sakeh means. It's a collection. The collector, the archivist, is collecting wise sayings from different people. And chapter 30 lays out a number of wise sayings. They don't necessarily have a consistent flow, but if you read them individually, you'll come up with some wise truths. And when he gets to verse 15, he simply says, a leech has twin daughters. Give me and give me more. Give me and give me more. In other words, it just keeps on taking and taking and taking and taking and taking. On my on my PowerPoint that I prepared at home that I forgot to put on the drive, I had pictures of all these things for you so you could understand. Because I believe we learn in a whole lot of different ways. I don't know if you've noticed that, that we try to do it visually, we do it audibly, we give it to you in text, we give it to you in so many different ways because people learn different ways. 30% of people learn by hearing, by hearing. And so you can come to church and if you don't hear the right thing, then you can't learn the right thing. Other people learn by seeing. They're visual. So we try to give it to you that way. I don't know if you understand that's what we're doing when we're trying to teach and give a message to you because we want you to have something that you can leave here with and apply to your lives. That's the purpose of what we're trying to do when we teach. How many of y'all got cell phones in here? Raise your hand. Yeah, yeah. Now, if I'd asked that question 10 years ago, everybody in here wouldn't have raised their hand. Wouldn't raise their hand. How many of y'all got access to the internet? Raise your hand. Yeah. 30% of Alabamians do not have access to the internet. 30%. Birmingham, 30, Birmingham has the highest incidence of people who have access to the internet because of our population base, because we're a little bit more cultural. But in rural areas, they don't have access to it. Now, can you imagine today students not having access to the internet? trying to do the work they need to do and be competitive. It's already behind, already behind. But if you got a phone, you got a phone, some kind of phone, whatever it is you got, how many of you know that even when your phone isn't on, that there are apps on your phone still working? They call them vampire apps. I, let me give it to you like this. How many of y'all know that sometimes your battery run down quicker than other times? Yeah. Yeah, if for some reason you say, well, yeah, I thought I just charged my phone, and yet I'm down to 44%. It don't make sense to me. Well, can I tell you what's happening? It's because you got apps running in the background of your phone that are draining your battery. Samsung has some of the worst problems because of some of the apps that are loaded on the phone that you don't necessarily know. They are plug-in apps that help some of the stuff you do work better. But you don't necessarily deal with those apps. They just have to keep in contact. For example, if you use Google all the time, one of the things Google has is a location finder. That's why when you can go into Google and say, restaurants near me, 
and it'll pull up all the restaurants that are near you and tell you if they're open. All right, well, those apps are open and running whether you know it or not. Why? Because they're always trying to ping where you are so they know your location. iPhones had the same problem. The biggest drain on iPhone battery is, guess what, Facebook. Facebook. So always pulling, always pulling, trying to find information. Why are you telling us this? Because there are apps in your life that are running even when you don't know it. They're called leeches. They are pulling the blood out of you. That's what leeches do. Anybody ever seen a real leech? Yeah, a real leech, you can go through some pond water or through the forest or some through the woods, and you get home and you got a little thing on you, and it's stuck to you. Its sole purpose is to get blood from you. It thrives on blood. Now, leeches, not all leeches have been bad. Some of them are used in medicine now. Yeah, they are used leeches now for debridement when you have wounds that won't heal. They'll take a leech, some leeches, medicinal leeches, and put them on you, and they will actually help clean up the wound. But the leeches I'm talking about aren't like that. The leeches I'm talking about are ones that drain you, that pull from you. And what I found out about them, Ingrid, is that leeches start out small really, really, really small, and they can grow to be, depending on the source they're drawing from, they can grow to be huge if they have a constant, constant flow. It's a blood sucker. It's disgusting when you look at it. Yeah. The Bible tells us over and over again that our life is in the blood. How many of y'all know that? Blood has a big importance in the Bible, all right? Big importance. But there are some things that draw our attention. Not only are there leeches mentioned in scripture, how many of you have ever heard of a barnacle? A barnacle. Anybody in here ever get on the water in a boat? You look under a boat, certain areas, there are certain growths that grow on the bottom of a boat. Just one thing, they're in the family of mussels. Some of you order those when you go to restaurants. Uh, Barnacles attached to boats. One barnacle might not seem like a lot, except a good sailor knows that whenever his boat is not traveling right, he needs to look under his boat to see how many barnacles have attached to his boat because a barnacle can slow you down. A barnacle can keep you from traveling as fast as you like to travel. In fact, they can cover the whole boat. It's said that some humpback whales have over a ton of barnacles on them. Some humpback whales. There are some animals that can become so encased in barnacles that it chokes the life out of them. Some turtles who can't feel on their shell that the barnacles have attached to them some of us have been traveling through this year and barnacles have attached to us. You might not notice it because it's just one barnacle that's attached to you. But when you start getting a collection of barnacles attached to you, guess what it does? It starts slowing down your progress and keeps you from being able to move forward. Ironically, as with a leech, they have to be removed and all barnacles have to be removed forcibly. You have to scrape off barnacles with force. You have to use cleansers that kill the barnacles in order to get them off. When it comes to leeches, you can only get rid of le leeches with two things. One is salt. Somebody ought to say amen. And the other is fire. Salt. Salt and fire. But spiritual leeches can jump on you just like a physical one can. Some of us get spiritual leeches in us and they start to suck on us. 
You ever have that friend, every time you come around, they got something negative to tell you? They're gossiping. Every time. In fact, they don't ever come to you with anything positive. You know it. You dread it even when you see them. You, oh, Lord, here they come. That's what you say. And they sit down and say, let me tell you what I heard. Yeah. It's just a, like a leech in your spirit. And you sit there and they attach and they just slowly suck the life out of you. When you're talking to them, you're not getting anything positive from them. And yet you can't move forward because you're stuck in that place with them. They're draining, draining you. Their goal is to rob you of your ability to effectively serve. Now, sometimes it's effectively serve at work. Truth of the matter is, some folk would be better workers if they had fewer co-workers. Oh, yeah, you'd do better if you didn't have to deal with them and listen to them all the time, them feeding you their narrative about how life is and about how they've been done or such and such. Not only is there a problem with them, there's a problem with you because sometimes, if we be honest with ourselves, we thrive on that. We love listening to that kind of, and so some of us, watch this, seek out those things that are not necessarily beneficial to us. Yeah. Good thing about, I mean, the bad thing about these uh, leeches is they, they're not going to do it all at once. No, they're not going to try to get in and get all the blood out at the same time. They do it a little bit at a time. And so because they do it a little bit at a time, it's hardly perceptible that they're doing what they're doing. And yet slowly but surely, one drop at a time, one conversation at a time, one story at a time. They're drawing, drawing the life out of you. They know you'd be angry if you knew immediately what was going on. You jump on them, these spiritual leeches, and you start praying immediately to get them out of your lives. But it's because they do it so slowly that you don't realize that you have a threat in your life that's actually pulling from you. And that makes what they do more dangerous because they're so subtle. They, they burrow into your, look at this, your flesh. Burrow into your flesh and they steal a little life at a time until one day you rise up and you like Samson in the Bible. Can I tell you, Samson was still going strong. Delilah had been working on him for a little while. He didn't realize that the Lord had already left him until he tried to use his strength one day and realized that he had been, she had been spiritually draining him. Draining him. Look, Judges 16 and 20 says, and she said, the Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before and shake myself. And he wist not that the Lord had departed from him. The sad thing about spiritual leeches is that they drain you so slowly that when you need to use your strength, you find out that you don't have the strength to do what you need to accomplish. Leeches are long distance runners, all right? They don't have short-term goals. Their sight is on the slow kill. They're gonna walk you down, they're gonna run you down. They're gonna make sure that they slow you down to a crawl, and that's what happens spiritually. Oh, you notice it. Preachers notice it when they got spiritual leeches attached to them. Pastors, sermon preparation becomes more difficult. I don't feel like dealing with this no more. When you're a Sunday school teacher, you decide I'm going to wait always to the last minute. I'm not going to take advantage of the time I got. Why? Because the life is being drained out of you. You know when you first started, you couldn't hardly wait to study. 
And the more you get these leeches on you, the more they drain the energy from your ability to do it. Now, it ain't just in the pulpit and in the diaconate. It's not just in the lay ministry teachers. It's in the pews, too. You know how when you first knew the Lord, when I think about the Lord, how he saved me, how he raised me, it makes me want to shout, and then I shout a little less. Well, I ain't got to be all that. Well, it used to be. It, it used to take all that and some more when you first came to know the Lord, and now you're okay with just a little, a little wave. Yeah, yeah. The ushers used to have to come hold you. Every Sunday, you out there flailing around because the Lord done got hold to you again. And now you sit there all cute like ain't nobody done nothing to you. And the Lord's been better to you. If I look at your life, he's been growing you. And you're sitting there all calm and cool and everything's all right. Ushers don't even look your way no more. Spiritual leeches are all over you. Sermon preparation. I know the feeling <laughs> when I wait to the last minute. I know what it feels like. I can tell at the beginning of the week when the Lord drops something in my spirit and say, get this one ready. He might not even say for the next week, get this one ready. I know enough in my spirit that I'm supposed to be working on that. But when something got you, but the football game on. When something got you, I'm hungry. Let's go get something to eat. When something got you, you're looking the other way, trying to identify something to distract. It's draining you and decreasing your effectiveness. You ain't got to say nothing about it. I know I'm looking. I can tell, folk. I've seen the gleam go down in your eye, the luster in your eye for doing the Lord's work. Ain't as bright as it used to be. And yet I still see the Lord blessing you, taking care of you. You don't pray like you used to. And you make excuses for it. Yeah. Devotions you used to have in your life don't go like they used to. Yeah, daily bread is all you need. Now, you used to need a whole loaf. Now you just need a slice. It's good, just, 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 phones done messed us up. Yeah, phones, we've, we've allowed phones to come in and tell us what to do on die devotional. When you just had a Bible, you had to work your way through it. And it messed us up now. Don't think everything about these things are convenient. Some of them, this is one of the biggest leeches we have in our lives. Not only does it drain time, it also drains importance. Samson had to get himself together. Look at this. Even though ultimately Samson paid the ultimate price, he had to go out into dry dock. Like the captains have to take their boats out there to clean those barnacles out. He had to have his eyes gouged out. He had to go through something in order for him to get himself together spiritually. He had leeches all over him. The only difference between Samson and a whole lot of Christians is at least he knew and admitted his condition. Oh, he acknowledged what was going on with him. His anointing didn't leave the first time he played out there either. Oh, no, 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 no. See, that's how leeches are. You get away with it. And so because of that, you think, I got a little license to do it again. He knew what being in the order that he was in required. He knew he wasn't supposed to be around dead bodies. He knew he wasn't supposed to cut his hair. He knew that from birth. And so the first time he went and played with one of them loose women and got away with it, but he still had his strength, he said, this is all right here. I think I found me a workaround. <laughs> yeah, I can still be strong and still have her too. That's what we do. We take tests into doing a little sinful activity. But all that is is a leech that's drawing from you spiritually. Hebrews 12 and 1 says this. Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, 
Look at this. It says, let us lay aside. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Every weight and the sin, the weight and the sin, which does so easily beset us so that we can continue to run with patience the race that's set before us. Now, this is, this is clearly an indication toward leeches. In other words, we got to get these leeches off of us. We got to lay them aside because they are slowing us down. Galatians 5 and 7 says, ye did run well. And then it asks the question, who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? You did run well, but something got in your spirit. And now you won't listen. You won't listen to the truth. Paul saying you used to be able to run with vigor, and now you slowed down to a crawl. We got to recharge, y'all. But in order to recharge, we got to get these leeches out of our spirit and get these barnacles off of us. They're slowing us down. But what kind of leeches do we have? First of all, we got leeches of the eyes. Watch me now. Leeches of the eyes. Job said clearly, I have made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? In other words, he said, I've made a vow to my eyes that I wouldn't even look at women. Because if I look at them, sin has already started its process. A young brother once said that he was going to help himself by not watching television. I'm not going to watch television, except for I'm going to watch the news every night so I can stay abreast of what's going on with the news. And he said he had gotten pretty good at doing that until one day he was watching the news and a 30-second commercial came on. And that 30-second commercial convicted him of all the stuff that he had been doing. 30 seconds is all it took to put him right back on the same pathway he had been on. He had been doing what he was supposed to do. Now, I started thinking about that. How many instances does it take for us with these things? Once we made a vow not to do something, and all of a sudden, we're right back where we were from these things. And see, y'all thinking, y'all thinking that it's always got to be something negative that comes from this. You always think maybe pornography, these things can be mighty powerful. Maybe pornography. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just a text message. Can set you off on the wrong path. You just made a vow to the Lord. I'm going to do better, Lord. And all of a sudden, whatever the noise is, just set you off on the wrong path. There are leeches of the eyes that come from these things right here. We got to be more disciplined recharge ourselves. There was ceremonial defilement in the Old Testament, and it usually required a period of time where the defiled person could not enter into divine service until they had had a period of restoration. Somebody ought to hear me now. Until there had been a period of restoration and cleansing. All right, I'm not talking about forgiveness. I'm talking about being in a place where God can use you effectively. All right, too often now we merge our wrong in our right. And therefore we don't have a clear line drawn that says this is wrong and this is right. We don't ever get ourselves fully cleansed of the stuff we're doing. We just trudge right ahead. And because we do that, guess what? we get desensitized to what's right and what's wrong. But it's really those leeches that are sucking the life out of you. So the question is, can God use you effectively? Are you slow dragging? Do you have weights in your mind that are dragging you down? You need to make sure that you have gotten rid of those leeches of the eyes or at least are putting them in check. Because when you're defiled, that means you're unfit for his service. So many things that can be leeches or barnacles, time can be one of them. How much time do these things take? How much time do we simply waste instead of doing things that are purposeful? Not only do we have problems with leeches of our eyes, we got, you're going to get upset with me on these. I'm going to tell you this right now. You get, we get, we got leeches of boasting. 
Leeches are boasting. Preachers are bad about it. Preachers and pastors are bad about it. Monday morning. How many folk you have at church? How many folk can y'all have somebody join the church? Uh, what you preach for? I preached on such and such and such and such. As if it was me that came up with the sermon. I'm, I'm bragging to somebody. Guilty about what we've been talking about. But, 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 but it ain't just in the pulpit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all, it's everywhere. It's everywhere that we can have problems from boasting. Look at this, Matthew said, Moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. When folks say, when folks say, oh, he fasting, that's your reward right there. Because what you're trying to obtain spiritually has just been done away with by the flesh. Sin of the mouth can suck the spiritual power right out of you. Laymen, not just the pulpit, always emphasizing their role in something that God has done. Boasting, bragging, I pray for them. Telling us, I pray for you as if that's the power that brings the change in your life, all right? It elevates me to a different dimension when you know I pray for you. Now, if you pray for them, pray for them. But why you gotta boast and brag on the fact that I've been praying for somebody? Jesus says when you do that, you lose your reward. The reward of fasting is the extra power that comes from it. When you pray for someone, the connection you have to the Lord is the power, is the blessing that you get. And so be careful. If you got leeches of boasting in your life, pull that out. The next one, there's a leech of comparison. The leech of comparison. If you are a believer, that means that the life you have is a sacred calling. If you're a believer, that means that God gave you the life you have. If you're a believer, he gave it to you, and it's uniquely yours. He didn't give you the life that he gave somebody else. He gave you your life. What's in your life is for you. So by the grace of God, if you're a believer, you ought to learn to say, I am what I am. You ought to understand that God has blessed you uniquely. It also means that the lives other folk are living are also sacred calling. But what that means is that some of those saints have received a sacred calling that results in a higher level of gifting and prominence than you have. Oh yeah, some of them are more outward in their gifting. Some of them have a higher profile in the sacred calling that they have. And what you and I have to frequently battle against is comparing our life to their life. Because what God has given me is for me and what he's given you is for you. So let me see if I can make sure you understand this clearly. There is nothing wrong with comparison. No. In fact, the Bible tells us that comparison alone is not inherently sinful. No. All right? The Bible tells us, you and I, that we ought to be imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promise, which means we ought to compare where we are to what they're doing, and if they're doing what's right in the sight of the Lord, we ought to do what they do. Comparison is not inherently sinful. Imitation requires comparison. Watch this. The problem is we have to be vigilant that our flesh doesn't get into our spiritual walk. Comparison alone is not sinful. It's only when pride hijacks, hijacks comparison that we got a problem. 
when pride hijacks comparison, then we become sinful in our comparison ability. Let me see if I can say it like this. Pride wants glory for the self and seeks and sees others not as necessary parts of Christ's body who are carrying out God's calling, but as threats to our own self-glory. In other words, if somebody's doing something different than you are, in our prideful comparison, we can esteem it as better than we're doing, and we get, what's the word? Jealous. Pride will mess us up. When pride rules comparison, jealousy and selfish ambition are the result. It's not just in church, it's in life. We look at folk jobs. We look at folks' families and what they have. We look at where folk live. We look at fo where folk go. We look at what folk eat. And we look at them in comparison to what we have, what we eat, what we do. And somewhere inside of us, we got a problem. Because we value somewhere in us, because those spiritual leeches have told us somewhere that what they're eating is better than what I'm eating. And because what they're eating is better, they must be getting blessed better than me. You need to hear me now. And I know I'm talking to somebody in here, because if not, I wouldn't keep seeing folk put food on Instagram. <laughs> Why I need to see your grits and eggs in the morning? Why do I need to know every restaurant you went to Every meal you ate, what are you saying to me? Is this better than my loney? <laughs> if my loney is filling me up, why do I need to know you had a, an anger state? It doesn't matter. Jealousy, selfish ambition can mess us up. All right, we can tell this when we look at, first of all, we gotta learn how to lay aside those weights. We can tell when this is happening, when we look at others and don't see the grace of God. All right, we don't look at others, but we see, we don't see God's grace, but we see our own inferiority. All right, we don't see them as windows, look at this, we don't see them as windows of God's glory, but we look at them as mirrors. And when we look at them, we start asking, who's the fairest of them all? That's the problem we're having. That's why comparison mixed with pride can mess us up. It's a leech. It's drawing from you. It's killing us. And we need to scrape that out of us before we move forward so we can be fit and useful for the Lord's service. Who's the fairest one of all? Who's the fairest one of all? God made each one of us to be fair in his sight. God blessed each one of us. And when we ask that question, who's the fairest one of all? Inside, we're saying, it must not be me. And that discouragement that comes from that is like an iron ball. It's like a barnacle in our spirit. And it drags us down. And we keep on, keep on being in trouble behind that because we're thinking in the flesh and not in the spirit. And so how do you resolve these things? How do you get these leeches out of your life? How do you scrape these barnacles off of your, out of your spirit and out of your, your walk? The first thing you need to do is name the craving that you have, all right? Name the craving. When you feel that sense of discouragement because you start comparing yourself to somebody else, when you start feeling that faith depleting, that courage, uh, that courage sapping uh, feeling that you have when you used to try to do something you don't do it anymore, when you start feeling like I'm not worthy or I'm a loser or I got problems, when you start comparing yourself like that, don't be passive about it. Name the problem you're seeing. Name the problem you're seeing. Pride and Satan are conspiring against you at that point. All right, it's a war and you need, to be, you need to be active in that war. Don't just let it happen. Recognize that something's trying to steal your joy. 
all right? And it might feel like general discouragement, but there's something specific that you're believing about what's going on, and you need to name whatever that is specific. Develop the habit of asking yourself these questions. Why are you downcast, oh my soul? Ask yourself that question. What is it that I believe I ought to be doing that I'm not doing right now, or accomplishing that I'm not accomplishing? Ask yourself that question. And then make yourself learn to have the habit of putting it into words. Don't, 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 don't just accept, I don't do anything well. That's too general. Be specific in what you do. Name what it is you crave, and then repent. Learn how to repent from thinking that I got to have everything that everybody else has. As soon as you recognize that the desire is for self-glory, and not for God's glory, repent. Lay aside that weight. Pull that leech off. First of all, it's an idolatrous, God-belittling, joy-destroying sin when you start putting yourself up there as being the prime example for everything. Call it what it is, and God will forgive you if you repent. He'll give you the grace to get through it. Now, those are just some obvious leeches, the eyes, boasting, comparison. We also can have the leech of being men-pleasers as opposed to being God-pleasing. We want folk to always be proud and happy for us, and that's just not the way life is. Certainly not this spiritual life, because in this life you're going to have some trouble. And so don't be man-pleasers. Be God-pleasers. And if you're following the Lord's admonition, you're going to have some issues associated with man. Then you got the leech of working too much or spending too much time away from your folk. Oh, that's a leech. That is a leech. When God has gifted you with a family, with people who care about you, they ought to be the priority. You ought to be making your way back to them as often as you can. And you should not simply be working away from them on unnecessary work. Unnecessary work just because you can. You also got the, 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 the leech of too much recreation. Too much recreation. Life can't be fun every day, all day. There's some people who live a life of leisure all the time. Then there's a leech, the leech of prayerlessness. The leech of prayerlessness. Just don't pray at all. One of the biggest leeches we got in our lives is the leech of anger. Anger at others can incapacitate us. Not only can it, it can incapacitate our ability to minister to them, either directly or by example. Anger. I'm struggling. I struggle with these. I'm not telling you something I don't deal with. I'm telling you what life has brought in so many ways. Anger can be one of the biggest problems we have. It can draw our witness and our testimony away from us because people stop seeing us with the spirit of the Lord in us. They stop seeing us with the fruit of the spirit in us. They just see you as just angry, just mad. And that's not the example you want. And so the solution is this. The dilemma of leeches takes us to a, a scriptural lesson, question. Mark 9 and 50 says, salt is good. But if the salt has lost its saltness, wherewith shall ye season it? Wherewith shall we season it? A whole lot of people believe that if the salt has lost its saltiness, then it's doomed. You can't do anything about it. In fact, there, needs, there seems to be something in Scripture that says you're to throw it away. All right? According to Matthew 5 and 13, it is therefore good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men is what that Scripture says. But you're right, and, and that Scripture is right. It is. That salt, that salt, it's doomed. But there's another solution to the problem that we have. 
The solution is salt cannot be renewed, but new salt can be created. Somebody ought to hear me in this now. And so I don't need to give God my yesterdays in order for him to make my yesterdays better. What I need to do is ask him to bless my right nows and my days going forward. Stop trying to ask God to make yesterday better than it was. It's not going to come back. Don't re-salt my yesterday. Just give me new salt today, Lord, so I can deal with and battle the problem that I have. The, 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 the psalmist said it best. David said, he said, creating me a clean heart. I was raggedy yesterday, but you can make me right today. I was bad yesterday, but you can make me good today. Not re-salt, but new salt is what you need. And we need the purging of the leaven, the removing of weights, the sin that's been in us. And the only thing that Bible says is new blood that can take care of us. We need that new blood that comes from our relationship with Jesus Christ. It was his blood that, that straightened us out. So are you aware that leeches have been working in your life? Do you have barnacles that have been slowing you down and dragging you? Or is today the day you're going to make sure you ask the Lord to create in you a clean heart? It's today the day you reach hard yourself so that you can move forward with the new energy that you haven't had before. It's an amazing thing. I used to have a car that used to, well, it was all of them been used, but I used to have a car that didn't seem to have that get up and go. Just, you know, you hit the gas and then we can go fast and small thing. I went to somebody who knew what they were talking about with the car. It wasn't me. And they said, man, the problem is you got corrosion on your post of your battery. And they took something and cleaned off the post. It was simple. I was amazed that it was that simple. They just cleaned off the post on my back. And amazingly, Cass, when I hit that thing the next time, it sounded like I had a new car in me. Some of you need to know that you got corrosion. Leeches have been building up in your life and barnacles have been slowing you down, but now it's time for recharging, time to move forward. The question is, will you do it? While the choir stands to sing this song, know this, that mankind had reached a place where sin was leeching the life out of us. And God sent a cleanser for us. That cleansing agent was his son, Jesus Christ. When we apply the cleansing agent of Jesus Christ to our lives, it creates in us new lives. And so today is the day. If you've never applied Jesus to your life, then I encourage you to do so today. Let him create in you a clean heart. Let him save you as he intended to do when he came and lived for us and died for us. Maybe you've been looking for a new church family. I encourage you to let today be today, the day that you say, I want to start a new, going into a new year and a new decade. While they sing, doors of our church are wide open.